Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast, and happy Friday the 13th to everybody listening. I'm recording on Friday the 13th, May 13th, 2022, because it's a perfect day to film a paranormal podcast. And we're going to get right into the podcast with some paranormal news. Ghostbusters Afterlife director Jason Reitman had a fan come directly to his house to deliver a movie script, but fearful that the fan was not over there in the head, he called the police and the fan was arrested. And this was as per IGN.com news on Instagram. And another source from IGN astronomers capture first image of black hole at the center of our galaxy. The Event Horizon Telescope has taken the first ever image of Sagittarius A, the supermassive black hole resting 26,000 light years away in the center of the Milky Way. That image can be seen on the IGN DOTCOM on Instagram, IGN.com. And scientists reversed death in astonishing new feat by bringing dead eyes back to life. Now this is from a clip that Joe Rogan has posted on his Instagram page. And the article is from The Sun, so I don't take it all that serious whenever you read The Inquisitor or The Sun or other article, other newspapers and things like that. You can get into the, in the supermarket or in local stands. I don't really take them serious, but the article reads that scientists were able to get eyes of deceased people to respond to light. Again, this is from The Sun by an author or writer, Vanessa Chalmers from The Sun. So let's not take it too literal because this is, again, from The Sun. And it just I used to read these, these newspapers when I was a young kid, and it would say crazy things like Elvis was spotted in Florida, in Miami, Florida. So you don't can't really take some of these articles serious but I just found it a little funny that Joe Rogan had posted it probably did it as a buff but again today is Friday the 13th and uh, don't forget to leave your cookies and milk out for Jason Vores when he comes at midnight tonight um, we don't get that many Friday the 13th and I don't get to record podcasts on Friday the 13th but I figured today was a perfect day to do the podcast and now we're actually going to get into a conversation about something I actually investigated. Now, if you're a repeat quite uh, repeat, repeat listener, I can't even speak a repeat listener to my podcast. I have went in depth about, I used to run a paranormal research group and that group was called the IUH, which was short for investigation of unexplained happenings. And when we were fresh and young in the paranormal scene, we were also young. We started the group probably around the age of 15, 16 years old, which means a majority of the members and friends that I had that were in my group, which started out fairly small, like with four or five people, we weren't really able to drive. And we didn't get calls to go investigate houses and things of that nature because we were young and just started the group. So what I did when I got my friends involved in this paranormal research group was told them that this is the idea I had. Now this is before 
the ghost shows became really popular. Now, growing up, this is something that I have mentioned before as well, there weren't a lot of paranormal shows on TV. We had satellite stations or, um, you know, antenna stations, I like to call them rather, not in, not a satellite, um, like Fox 5, 13, things like that. And then we had cable. So certain channels had certain shows. And the only shows that I remember growing up that I watched in regards to the paranormal was the show Sightings, which to this day I swear by that was the show that really kicked it off for me. Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction, which was stories, and you had to tell which one was Fact or Fiction. Um, and Unsolved Mysteries, which every now and then they threw in a paranormal story, ghost story, UFO story, and it made its way to that show. And I watched that show in hopes that a paranormal story would make its way onto that episode. So it was a hit or miss, but I did this investigation group before these other shows came about and became popular. And I remember just as I started the group, Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures made its way to TV. I think Ghost Hunters first with Jason Hawes and uh, Grant Wilson which were the plumbers from Roto-Rooters, and then the, by day they were plumbers from Roto-Rooters, and then at nighttime they did their you know, paranormal investigations. Um, they take trips in their van around the United States to haunted locations and would conduct paranormal investigations. So I, I started this group right before that show really kicked off and became popular, and then we just saw, we just saw after that show came out boatloads of paranormal shows come out and now if you go on discovery plus go to the travel channel there's countless 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 episodes of and shows of paranormal research groups going to places so i started this group and we were very young and had to look to go places and do research so i would go on the internet and look for places locally that had hauntings so that we can use the equipment we bought. Now, some of my members did buy their own equipment and for the most part, I just took money that I had and bought EMF meters, I bought motion sensors, I bought recording devices for EVPs. I had a camera already, so I would go to, at the time, Nobody Beats the Wiz, because that was still around, Radio Shack, buy the VHS tapes that would go into the camera, and I bought tons of batteries, you know, um, 9 volts, um, AAAs, things like that, and uh, we had equipment, so we would look for places to go and conduct a investigation where we wouldn't be breaching any kind of law breaking you know we wouldn't breach uh, no trespassing things like that nature because I knew that we were young and we probably wouldn't get very far by calling places and be like yeah we are a paranormal research group and we're looking to investigate your place because we read that it's haunted so on a side note story I did call a place from a book that I had and I don't remember the book but I remember doing this and 
I saw a place was haunted and I read the name. I found the place on a online site that provided a phone number and I called and I said, um, hey, I'm, you know, my name is Billy. I run a paranormal research group in the Bronx and I was reading a book and I saw that your place was mentioned in the book for being haunted. And I really wish I remembered the place, but this was, like I said, in the age range of 15 to maybe 18 years old around there. And I remember speaking to a gentleman on the phone who was like, oh yeah, well, that's, you know, that's retarded. I think it's something along that line that he was like, this is, that's retarded. And what book is this? And I was like, well, and I gave them the author in the book and I was like, it's in this book. I don't know whether or not you're aware or not. Um, he was like, yeah, no, this place isn't haunted and, uh, you know, we have no interest in that. And that's, you know, unfortunately, sometimes the response, some, sometimes that's the response you're going to get in regards to paranormal. But eventually I came across a cemetery in, at the time I remember being in Sleepy Hollow, but, um, upon other reviews now, it was in Austin, New York and the cemetery's name was Sparta Cemetery. So as I'm researching why at this age, um, like, like 17, 16, let's go like that age, 17, 16 years old, why this place was haunted, it said because of the Leatherman. Now the Leatherman was supposedly the spirit that haunted the cemetery. And at that time, the only information that I got from this was that he was a person that traveled up and down basically the East Coast, from the Connecticut area all the way to Pennsylvania in New York. He made frequent stops in the Hudson area and the Westchester area. Um, and that he was traveling so much, even through the winter months, that his skin eventually became that of leather. Hence, they gave him the nickname The Leatherman because he was out in these frigid weathers making stops into local taverns and his skin became so cold and ashy that they gave him the nickname so when we went to this cemetery um we went there with that and knowing that he was indeed buried there and the first time that we went there was actually me and my best friend who probably didn't have any interest in the paranormal probably still doesn't uh his name is anthony i could drop his name because he's my best friend and it was just me and him and his mother was the one that actually drove us there and dropped us off and let us go to the cemetery for probably about an hour and 20, 30 minutes. And we went around looking for this grave. And we eventually finished the investigation. And at the time, 35 millimeter film was the way to go before the digital era really kicked in. And what I would do is Every time we went on these investigations, I would take these tons of photos and take the 35 millimeter film to a CVS Rite Aid, drop it off, let them develop it. They'd call me when it was ready and I would pick it up and go through the photos. Now, my mom shares the interest in the paranormal. It's actually from her where I got the interest in paranormal. So when we were going through the photos, she ended up seeing a face in the background of the the wood, the wooded area where the cemetery was. And it happened to be a photo of my friend where I took a picture of him in front of the Sparta Cemetery sign. And in the background, you can 
clearly see what appears to be a face that, oddly enough, resembles the face of the Leatherman from photos that are online searches. Now, I'm a f big believer in matrixing, that if you try to look for something in a photo, no matter what, you will find something, because you're, the brain, the human brain, has the thought process to try to find a face. That's because we're used to seeing faces since we're born. I have spoke about matrixing. So it's quite possible that what we saw, or what my mom pointed out, embedded saying that she saw a face and pointed it out. Look, here's the nose, here's the eyes, here's the circle. And then your brain clicks and says, yeah, yeah, no, I see it too. So it's possible that happened, but it looks pretty, you know, pretty convincing if you did see it. And I'm doing everything in my power to find that photo. And I, I, I think I know where it is, but I have the second batches of photos from Sparta Cemetery where you can almost see the same face on a tombstone. Again, it looks like a face. It could be matrixing. We went there twice because of the first time we went, we got this photo and never really saw or found the Leatherman grave. Now, the second time we went back, it had to be about a month or two later, and it was in the snow. It was The, the grave was, the cemetery was covered in the snow. Um, and we took photos again, looked for the grave, and a couple things actually happened. Um, one of which, the EMF meter we brought with brand new batteries started going off and giving the alert that the battery was dying. Now, I have this on film, and this is something that I will include on my IGN, which is SWAB underscore podcast, short for Say What Again Billy podcast. I have the DVD. I had a member in my group that converted the VHS to DVDs when the time period met where you can do that. And he was very good. He ran the website at the time. He was very good with that stuff. So he converted the VHS to a DVD, and I have that DVD from that visit where we were out there and then towards the end you know kind of dicked around um joked around with a certain things then we ended up leaving but the second time we went we took photos of this cemetery and in certain photos the reports there is that there's like an uneasy presence or when people take photos they get missed and in one batch of photos near a certain building or a little mausoleum that was said to be blown apart by a cannonball because in this area of Westchester there was a lot of revolutionary war things and including some some civil war things there's a couple of photos as I panned with the 35 millimeter camera there's a couple of photos that start to have this red mist and then it stops so in the photos the red mist is there and then in certain areas when I let's say I was going left to right as I was going to the center of the building that supposedly got blown away by the cannonball, the red mist disappeared as I, let's say I panned to my right. And I also, or we also caught a face on the tombstone, which I will post that picture along with the video um, on my IGN. I'll try to get that up by Sunday or Saturday. Um, but we caught some, you know, things there, but nothing to be like it a place was definitely haunted now we fast forward to where i'm doing this podcast and my friend actually brought to my attention that we should do an episode of when we went to sparta cemetery and he said to me when we got that photo of me in the background i mean me near the trees in the face in the background says you know what that's actually not a bad idea 
So I did some research on the Leatherman, who was known as Vagabond. Now this is actual research from the Leatherman, where we went to go try to find his grave at Sparta, Sparta Cemetery in Austin, New York. So the Leatherman was actually around the dates from 1839 to 1880s, let's say. And he was around 49, 50 years old. He was famous for actually his leather he made. Now, this I didn't notice when I was a kid doing this investigation. He would make these leather clothes. And he traveled from the eastern, northeastern part of the United States between Connecticut or the Connecticut River and the Hudson, which, you know, runs fairly far. If you guys are familiar with the Westchester area or if you're in New York listening to this podcast, Westchester is very known and so is the Hudson River. And if you're listening to this in other states and in the cities or in the other country, this podcast, the Hudson River is where Captain Sully landed the plane, the miracle on the Hudson, and saved everyone from that plane going into the water or potentially crashing. So if you most likely heard of the Hudson River. So he would go from, the Leatherman would go from the Connecticut River to the Hudson River. Around 1857 to 1889, he did that. Now, his origins are completely unknown. Like, no one really knows exactly where he was from. But at that time, a lot of French and British were coming to the United States. So people think that he could have been French-Canadian. And in Canada, one of the languages is French. Um, it's said that he spoke a l very little English, like broken English. And he carried a prayer book, which was in the French language, um, which it said that they found this prayer book upon his death. Now, his identity, or what his name really was, what, it remains unknown. Um, it's controversial that, you know, that his real name was ever really known. Uh, apparently... In the time of 1839 to 1859, he walked the same route, which was give or take 350 to 370 miles every year, which took him roughly through towns in Western Connecticut and New York. And he would return to each town within every 34 to 36 days. So this man was basically hauling ass on his, on his route. Now let's get to the grave. So the grave, again, like I told you, was in Sparta Cemetery on Route 9 in Austin, New York. And the original gravestone, I keep this in mind, it said the final resting place of Jules Bourgelet of Lyon, France. And in quotations, it said the Leatherman, who it also said on there he regularly walked 365-mile route through Westchester, Connecticut from the Connecticut River to the Hudson, living in caves in the years of 1858 to 1889. Now, this was on his original tombstone. Now, the Leatherman's grave was eventually moved further from Route 9. Now, when I went there, the Sparta Cemetery is actually pretty small. It's very close to the road, which I'm assuming might be Route 9. Again, haven't been there in, since I was 16, around there, and then maybe my late teens, because this is when I, we were doing the heavy into the ghost group. I stopped doing, not intentionally, not stopped investigating or having interest in paranormal, but I really stopped having the group around when I hit the 21, 2022, 22-year mark. Um, so, subsequently, the grave was moved further from Route 9. The first grave was dug up with no traces of the Leatherman. 
it was only some nails, dirt, and coffin, which eventually the people that dug up his grave or exhumed it basically put it in a new box and buried it with everything was that was in the original spot they dug up and buried it in a new spot with whatever was found, which was just nails, dirt, and wood from the original coffin. Um, a archaeologist, Nicholas Bellatoni, from the University of Connecticut, he was the one who was in charge of the excavation at the time. Um, it said that the effects of traffic over the shallow original gravesite, which was the possible removal of gravesite material by a road grading project, the complete destruction of the hard and soft tissue of the grave. So from what I had gathered, they moved the grave, the grave because it was too close to the street or the Route 9, which it runs on. And the graves were shallowly built at that time. So... Um, Eventually, the Leatherman's grave was reburied in Sparta Cemetery, so it stayed there. Within 16 feet of Route 9, his remains were, were exhumed, as we know, and they were reburied at a different site in Sparta Cemetery almost recently, May 25th, 2011. But it says no visible remains were recovered during the exhumption rather than the coffin nail soil recovered, which eventually they reburied in another spot apparently from four websites in Sparta Cemetery. And the new tombstone, or gravestone, however you would like to call it, it said that the tombstone was labeled the second Leatherman. Not Jules Borgelais from Lyon, France, because the identity was unknown and this controversy to his identity. Now the Leatherman is basically a Westchester, Connecticut legend, tale of this vagabond who no one knew much about except for his sales of leather and his skin being so cold that it looked like leather. But apparently in Sparta Cemetery there's paranormal activity which is said to revolve around the Leatherman. Now, when we went there years ago, we did catch photos and some weird stuff on film, which I will try to find that photo of my friend in the background. Of course, the one time I've had it all my life growing up, I had that photo. And the one time I actually have to put used to it and show people on social media, I can't find it. So the only place left to look is actually in my mom's garage, where most of my stuff was when I moved out on my own and let her hold on to stuff. So I'm doing my best to find that photo. So I want to actually post the original photo, which is the first time we went. And then I have some photos that I found from the second time we went, which you could see a face on the tombstone, which I think is just weathering that oddly looks like a face. Um, and I have video footage from the investigation. Now, the reason... I spoke about it is not only did we investigate it and it happened to be a big legend um, so much of a legend that Pearl Jam wrote a song Leatherman um, you can google Pearl Jam Leatherman and they had this interest in this man the lyrics resemble this man's life or what they knew of it at the time when he was alive the reason I'm also talking about it is the fact that no one knew much about this man and at some point the rumor is that he was buried in Sparta Cemetery, and they exhumed his grave to try to actually find out more about him and found nothing. So if there's no body, why would people or paranormal investigators think 
that he's the one haunting Sparta Cemetery. I'm a firm believer in talking something into existence and also a ghost haunting because they have unfinished business. This gentleman at that time period in the 1800s, his unfinished business is possibly that he did this traveling 361, 365 mile walk from Hudson River to the Connecticut River and back making 36 stops per year in certain taverns and so on and so forth died somewhere and never had a final resting place and people presume that Sparta Cemetery is it. So in my eyes, my opinion as a paranormal enthusiast, this spirit is trying to probably tell people where he actually might be buried. Or his spirit maybe came to say, all right, well, this is my resting place. Even though there was nothing in the first grave, when they exhumed the grave to study who this person was, this archaeologist from Connecticut, Bellatoni, his name was, whatever, what have you, they exhumed his grave and disturbed his resting place, whether or not his body wasn't there, and then buried it to another spot and gave him a nickname and actually took away from the first tombstone where it had stuff on it and literally gave him another tombstone that apparently just reads The Leatherman. So that's enough for a spirit to get upset and agitated and haunt a place even though its body wasn't really there, you know? Um, it's odd because usually spirits that haunt a particular place died at that place, but it's at some point in this history, the Leatherman was said to be buried at Sparta Cemetery in Austin, New York. Uh, again, Pearl Jam found a very, very high interest in this story and released the song B-Side on a single given to fly from the 1998 album Yield. Um, there's a video documentary of the Leatherman which was shown in Connecticut Public Television. And in 1965, a program perception Dick Bertel interviewed Mark Herber, 1889-1994, about the Leatherman on Channel 3. This is going back real, real far, which I'll have to actually try to find that, which... Good luck trying to find Channel 3 stuff on YouTube about something that's just a legend in basically where I live, local towns, Westchester uh, counties rather. But I find this interesting that my group, the IUH, investigated this not knowing as much as I know and researched now. And the story is pretty crazy because he was a legend that walked around on the East Coast from Connecticut Hudson River, the Connecticut River to the Hudson River, from Connecticut to New York and even further and was a vagabond and his burial site is said to be Sparta Cemetery but when they exhumed the grave nothing was there and there's paranormal activity there that's said to be from him it's just a crazy story now that I'm doing paranormal podcasts somewhere that I went and actually found more of the story so if you really want to know a little bit more about the Leatherman I highly recommend looking up on Wikipedia or even going to sites on in um, Connecticut history and Hudson Valley history. Uh, you could actually Google Leatherman uh, ghost stories, Hudson Valley, and he will pop up. And just type in uh, Austin, New York or Sparta Cemetery and you might just see the Leatherman story pop up. Now, being that Austin, New York is actually not that far and I happen to have my ghost equipment this is something that I am going to go to soon. 
So there will be an update of this podcast episode, and I'll be taking one or two of my old crew members from my group up there to formally try to find the grave. Now, in the two times my group has gone, now the first time it was just me and my best friend um, representing our group, my group, that I put together. But the second time there was a bunch of us. We did not find the grave. We went from gravestone to gravestone. We were videoing it. It was me and someone I was partnered up with. And my two other friends partnered up and we could not find the grave. And, and mind you, the day, the second time I went, it was cold. It was really cold. There was snow on the ground that we could not find the graves, the gravestone. There was very, very old graves there. Um, and also, oddly enough, the middle of the cemetery is far from power lines and far from the street. Now, only when you walk a couple of hundred feet or, you know, like, yeah, about a hundred feet or so, you get to the street where I guess genuinely there'd be the electric lines and cars. In the middle of the cemetery, we were picking up EMF spikes from zero to about one to two Gauss on the Gauss meter. That's what we had, the EMF Gauss meter. Um, we would get these little spikes there in the middle of the cemetery, which was odd. Um, our baseline readings were usually zero. We weren't near power lines. We didn't pick up anything for a baseline reading. And if you know a baseline reading, it's basically going into a haunted location and trying to see if you get any kind of reading to start to just to know that it's not anything paranormal so we really didn't get a baseline reading and we would get little spikes from two to three gauss or zero to two gauss on our emf meters randomly and then we also had a brand new battery die in one of our meters which we caught on film and i remember putting brand new batteries because if you ask any of the my friends or people in my group i was very adamant on having new batteries every time we went on to an investigation, including new tapes. I was always telling the guys, if you're going to do something and I send you to do something, get a new tape. I'd even give you the money back. Just get new tapes so that we're not re-recording over something, that we would mistake something for evidence when it was really just a loop in the tape or something like that. And the 9-volt the battery in this EMF meter completely died out of nowhere. And that's something that's a telltale sign of apparitions or ghosts or whatever trying to draw energy to make itself known it happened in this particular emf meter that day on the investigation and that's actually the clip that i will have and i will try to play for you guys and record from my phone and send it to instagram on swab underscore podcast so that you guys can see what exactly i'm talking about in this episode so I hope you enjoyed this historic story episode about the vagabond of the Hudson Valley and the Connecticut area, the Leatherman, who's actually in a Pearl Jam popular rock band um, in one of their songs. It's a story that I didn't know much of or I knew just enough of to do an investigation years and years ago, but did more research to give you guys the full story in this episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast. So I hope you guys enjoyed. i like to thank the Anchor app for giving me the opportunity to speak of the Leatherman on Friday the 13th. And if you haven't heard about Anchor from Spotify, it is what I use to get my podcast out there and what you can use to get your podcasting idea out there. It is entirely free. It gives you everything you need to record your podcast and get it out there to outlets like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and many other outlets. So Anchor, thank you, and hopefully you get some more customers coming your way to get their podcasting ideas out there. And until next time, this has been another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast. Happy Friday the 13th.